Welcome to your Sunday Reader. Today we will be discussing the readings for the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, 2010. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about five thousand. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty. They did so, and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled twelve wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to your Sunday Reader. This weekend, we're celebrating the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. And you have with you myself, Dawn, who's in Canandaigua, and our very special guest, Father Mark. Hello, Dawn. Hello. We're so glad that you're able to join us today. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm glad I can be here with you. Fantastic. And as we're recording this, Father Brian is in Rome, lucky duck, and uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure he's advising Pope Benedict on some important matter, don't you think? He probably would be doing that if he could, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Father Mull mentioned maybe he's prepared, he's fixing the Vatican website or something like that since he's that could be true, technologically yeah. savvy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But we today we're celebrating this wonderful day. Um, it also it used to be called this feast used to be called the uh, Corpus Christi, the Body of Christ, and so huh? some people might know it like that. Uh, and it was changed. The name is now the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. Uh-huh. One of the reasons for that change was after Vatican II, when we began to uh, the faithful the, that came to Mass would receive both the body and the blood instead of just the Body of Christ. So we have a little extra in our saying, so it's not just Corpus Christi. So anyhow, that's true. About that. mm-hmm. um, but I got to thinking about these readings. You know, it's everyone's favorite gospel reading about uh, the loaves and the fishes. That's I think that's probably the first one I remember learning about. I'm sure there are lots of other ones, but it's the one that's easy to remember and you can picture it in your mind. It's great. Um, but one of my reflection questions that I read um was what are examples of my own life where I use my few gifts, whatever they are, just like the just the five loaves and two fish, that I can then that I am then able to minister abundantly to others. And at first glance that question was, I can't minister to a lot of people. What are they talking about? But then I got to thinking about it. it's not just the people that are up front that do these great big healings or it or even the priests at a liturgy, it's you know, we all have our own gifts, whatever they are. And I know we talk about a lot on the podcast, but especially today to think about what are some of the the gifts that I have that, whether I want to or not, that I am able to use, that I've been gifted with and are called to use. And so 
you know, some of them are in very public ways, for example, that I often canter masses. Um, and then some are just my gift that I'm, at least people tell me, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I'm a good listener, so I spend a lot of times just listening to people. And so it's just a reflection question for all of us to think about. What are some of your gifts that you are, you might think are small, but God is able to do great things with? Well, and if you think about it, too, and I, I would agree, you are a very good listener. I am a recipient of your gift of listening, so I would certainly uh, agree with that, and I do appreciate your giftedness. Um, I think with the sharing of our gifts, the one thing, and I, and I look at the gospel and say this, too, that there is the element of mystery in it, mm. so that when you and I share our gifts— and so Christ, you know, shared what little bit that he had with this group of 5,000 men, you know, uh, the five loaves and the two fish. How does it get to be enough? I don't know. It's mystery, you know. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be anything in there that says how it took place. We know that Christ took them, he gave thanks for them, he blessed them, and then he distributed them. Um, and there's so, so there's an element of mystery in that, which ultimately mystery is God. When you and I share our gifts, I think there's an element of mystery in that as well, something that you and I have no control over. So that when you, so for example, if you are a good listener, when you are sitting in conversation with another person, just listening to them, you have no idea the multiplication that's going on, the life that's been given, that's being given to that other person as you sit there and listen to them. You know, it's something really beyond your control. All you can do is offer your gift of listening, and yet the other person is probably receiving, you know, exponentially so much more as a result of you listening to them. Like ripples in a pond or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So I think there's, I think there's that wonderful mystery that happens when you and I are just being so real and so authentic and loving, um, really participating in the giftedness of ourselves that has been given to us by God, that we just... Um, when we offer it freely, like Christ did, and, you know, I would say generously and also lovingly and in the spirit of thanksgiving, um, these wonderfully mysterious things happen where life is given. You know, people are fed. Mm. I like that. I hadn't thought about it in that term, in those terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So did you have any thoughts, other thoughts on today's readings? I was thinking back to our... Um, when you and I were together a few weeks ago with the, the rest of the uh, priests and the, the ministers, uh, the lay ministers of the diocese for the Ministerium Day, we uh, heard about discipleship. You know, I think the theme of the talk that day was, what on earth is discipleship? And I remember at one point the speaker talking about discipleship being a, um, you know, it's a call, an encounter with God, but it also is a... Uh, a displacement or a disturbance, you know, and that we are disturbed, you know, it kind of maybe moves the waters a little bit in us, you know, and gets things churning, moving around in us. And I think that's great. And I think that what's happening when we see, um, you know, Christ doing what he does in the gospel and then hearing what Paul says in the second reading uh, to the Corinthians, that um, Christ saying, this is my body that is for you, do this in remembrance of me, it's not just us recalling, you know, some kind of mental activity where we recall uh, what Christ did 2,000 years ago, but it's also calling us to life, 
do this in remembrance of me. So not only is it remembering, it's doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you and I come forward to receive the body and blood of Christ, not only are we being fed by God, but we're being called by God and disturbed by God in that. And I remember when we were there that day, you know, uh, hearing about discipleship, he quoted a, uh, a prayer of Sir Francis Drake, and I'm going to read a little bit of it uh, right now, uh, what that prayer is. It's called, Disturb Us, Lord. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when, with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. You know, we need to... I, I really love that prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think it's so true that... Um, I think Jesus disturbed his disciples when he said, no, don't dismiss the crowd. Feed them with what you've got, <laughs> you know, which is a great challenge to them. Oh, my gosh, I only have, you know, five loaves and two fish. What am I going to do, you know? And it is that disturbing quality of God that calls us beyond our limits and our own imaginations because, you know, as we know, God with, with God all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. And as we see in the gospel reading, that's exactly what happened. But it's so scary. <laughs> it is. I think fear is a part of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was recently talking with someone about fear and how if we didn't, not just like your fear of the monster, but, you know, fear of confrontation, anything like that. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have those fears in our lives, how radical we could live when we could live like Jesus, I guess, <laughs> now that right. I think of it. Right. And, uh. And so, while I love that prayer, I mean, like, to hear it, I'm like, yes, I want this, yes. And then when it really happens, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's that stretching that, uh, that we're being called to, you know, stretching beyond our limits, stretching beyond uh, the limits that we impose on ourselves or even the limits that we might put on God, mm -hmm. uh, the limits that we put on others, I certainly think it's it's a lesson in us of being able to, because I think all of life is expansionary. Yeah. You know, being able to move into the future means being able to move into something that's larger than ourselves. Mm. Well, with those inspiring thoughts, I think that will end our podcast for this week and invite people to pray to be disturbed by God and to trust that the small gifts that they have that God will use to uh, abundantly minister to others and so we thank you for joining us and invite you to come back next week on your sunday reader have a good week and god bless a reading from the book of genesis in those days melchizedek king of salem brought out bread and wine and being a priest of god most high he blessed abram with these words Blessed be Abram by God Most High, the Creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your foes into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. 
The scepter of your power the Lord will stretch forth from Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Yours is princely power in the day of your birth, in holy splendor, before the day star, like the dew, I have begotten you. The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.